What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast Podcast. Last time I brought you Chase, we talked some soccer. Now it's back to Griffin. We're talking NBA draft. Griffin, how are we doing today? We're doing great, Liam. How are you? Doing just fine. Just got back from work a little bit ago, but the grind never stops. NBA draft is coming sooner than you think uh, in the coming days. I believe from today, the 12th, we are 10 days away from the NBA draft. Uh, excited, hopefully, to get that live stream going. I haven't got the work schedule yet, but we will be making sure we're here for that. Uh, oh, I yeah, I need to get that off. <laughs> we are making sure that happens. So uh, without further ado, hey, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. You know, you want to stick along for the stuff coming along. And uh, let's just jump straight into it. So instead of doing a traditional mock draft today, we're going to be bringing you some questions. Uh, you know, Griffin and I will be answering them. And I want to know you guys' thoughts as well. So let's start off this first question of the episode. Who is your favorite prospect, Griffin, in this class that is not getting enough respect from the public? Uh, to me, I mean, respect is a broad term, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so I have two answers here, kind of depending on what respect means. Uh, first off, lottery respect to me, uh, this is Anthony Black. Uh, a lot of the big boards um, of guys that I respect have him kind of in the the 7 to 10 area. And if you're an avid Coast to Coast watcher and listener, you'll know I have him at four. So I'm much higher on him. I just think you know, I'm such a I'm such a big fan of big point guards, big and long point guards. Uh, and he's an incredibly willing defender. Uh, I think he makes winning basketball plays. He has a high basketball IQ and he does have um, – a, a, a different jump shot let's just say that but I feel like you know with some tweaks here and there he could really become uh, at least a decent shooter in this league um, but one guy outside of the lottery that I kind of have my eyes on uh, just because of who he plays with um, it kind of just enraptures the whole media narrative around that team which is a uh, Victor Webinyama's teammate Liam double check me if I'm pronouncing this wrong but Bilal Kulabali Yes. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Um, I think if he pans out, he could be really good. Uh, really strong, like wing three and D guy. Um, I think um, when we're looking back, like this could be a guy who could pop out at summer league, uh, pop off his first year in the NBA and be like, why didn't we really see him? He's been kind of a late riser and in some people's eyes, but I really think he could be, looking back as a guy who we probably should have taken in the lottery. Uh, Liam, what about you? And hey, summer league coverage, we might have that. Oh, we might have that. Summer league coverage. We will be there coast to coast. We'll be covering that shit. Indeed, Promise. Indeed. All right. So in terms of my guys, I stuck with guys outside of the lottery that I think are going to be maybe not even just good role players, but very good stars potentially in this league. One of the guys I've been high on ever since I've watched him, Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine. This is this year's Jalen Williams from this class. He will not get the draft, you know, notability that Jalen Williams got being in the lottery. But this guy, you know, he's a great slasher. You know, I'll throw some tape up on the screen as well. Uh, you know, he's got long wingspan. Uh, he's only 20 years old. He's barely older than the Thompson twins. If you guys, you don't know, the Thompson twins are 20 I would be 20 and a half by the time uh, they're drafted, uh, which I didn't know until I looked at today. Um, but you know, Maxwell Lewis, he's also got a great handle. Uh, I think uh, he's going to be able to develop into a, an average, to a really above average shot creator at his position. His defense isn't great, but he's got a seven foot wingspan. 
at six, seven and a half, uh, has the building athleticism to be great. You know, could there be, there is a little bit of Jalen Williams in his game. You know, he could be potentially, you know, I think he can go as high as a Chris Middleton type of player that can be a true like 2B, 2A kind of guy on like a contending team. Um, and then my second pick is Bryce Sensabaugh out of Ohio State. Another guy that uh, is really just, you know, a good offensive bucket getter. Um, you know, I think he honestly might be a better version than Grady Dick at the end of the day. That might be a hot take, but I've seen a lot of people really high on this guy. Uh, you know, shot creator. He shoots 40% from three at Ohio State this past year. You know, the main scorer for that team. Uh, I think he could surprise some, and especially with the way the NBA is going nowadays, you know, offense is a premium, and he could be a guy that can be a bucket getter uh, for your team, uh, you know. Like, he could be, you know, a poor man's, like, DeMar DeRozan with a jump shot. Like, you know, like a solid, like, 16-point-a-game guy. would not be surprised to see that in a couple of years. Um, now we're moving on. Which team needs to ace this draft the most, Griffin? Uh, to me, a couple teams came to mind because I do think this is a big draft for certain teams. Some teams can afford to miss uh, because, you know, depending on their situation and whatnot. But uh, three teams came to mind for me, Charlotte, Portland and Washington, all for different reasons. Charlotte really needs to solidify a star alongside LaMelo to drag them out of the depths of NBA hell, basically like they've just been bad for so long. And if one of these guys can, they can get a guy like a superstar caliber guy alongside LaMelo, they could pull themselves out of mediocrity. So I think this is a big, big draft. They cannot miss. Uh, they need this pick to hit. Uh, Portland is at a crossroads of what they want. Uh, they really need to basically just commit if they want to contend or if they want to rebuild, they need to do that now. Cause if they, you know, keep Dame, but also keep this pick or, or if they keep Dame and keep this pick, like you're really just dividing the two eras. And I think you need to commit. And there's a similar vibe going on uh, for me in Washington with Bradley Beal um, to a lesser extent, just because of where they're picking, uh, but I think Washington also needs to hit this draft if they want to move on to the next era, because if we're being honest with both these teams, you're not winning a championship right now. So yeah. what about what about you, Liam? Yeah, kind of going back to the Trailblazers point, I think it's interesting. Apparently, you know, it could be smokescreen for all we know. It's coming out that Charlotte's having a heavy favoritism towards Brandon Miller for the number two mm -hmm. pick. I'm not on the side where I think it's catastrophic, where it's like if they don't take Scoot. I, I've always liked Brandon Miller. I don't no, know. I yeah, I agree. I don't think we, it's a situation. I, yeah, a situation. yeah. We. I mean, to me, I on on my big board, I have Scoot and Brandon on the same tier. And you know, if they like him, I I, I don't I don't hate the pick. It's just we'll see based on off the court stuff. Like he may be great in the interview, and they've explained away a lot of the stuff that we just don't know. Um, and he could be a great fit there, but Scoot to me seems like the safer pick right now. And considering I feel like I've just watched a lot more of him and I'm just a little bit higher on him, but I don't think he's necessarily bad. But going back to what you were saying about smoke screens, there's definitely, I think, I think that report was dropped by Portland, to be honest, mm -hmm. conspiracy add on. Exactly. Exactly. But Hey, I think if Portland, you know, sees Brandon Miller go to, don't hesitate, trade Dame. Take the best package you can get and trade Dame. Build yep. a red scoot, 
you know, stay at the timeline of Simons and Sharp and, you know. And Scoop, that, what, what a solid core that would be. And you get the, the pieces from a Dame trade, like, that sets you up beautifully. I yeah. just, I, I don't, I don't get the contending angle. Be exactly, because Jeremy Grant's definitely leaving in free agency. Um, I'm not sure where Nurkic is. I think he could be an expiring contract at this point. Yeah, uh, I'm not super certain where his contract is, but even still, like, he's so oh, injury no, prone. He's point. not expiring. He's going into a, a, a second of a four-year deal. So put him yeah. in that game package, dump him yeah, off. move him as well. Yeah, I would like to see him like – the. I know the Knicks would – I mean, the Knicks can't do it anymore, I feel like, because now you got Brunson. But I would have loved that to see, like, Barrett, uh, you know. Um, I mean, the Knicks, the Knicks are probably the prime team to make – they have a lot of assets that they uh-huh. can cobble together to make a move for a superstar. Whether that's Dame or, or not is up. And up I don't up. understand the Heat thing, though, because I wouldn't want to see – you know, why would the – why would Portland want to do that? Because Tyler Hero has to be the main piece. And that's just another guard to add to a rotation. Yeah. No, it would have to be a different team. Hey. I don't see Miami at all. I know you Phoenix. see it. No one wants from a guard Jersey. rotation. Goran Dragic, Eric Bledsoe, and Isaiah Thomas. No one wants a three-guard no point guard rotation. Yeah. Uh, hey, reports I, come out of Phoenix, though. Hey, well, reports always coming out of Phoenix. But sorry. <laughs> sorry to sidetrack there. Team I think these aces drafting the most is the Utah Jazz. They took a gamble. They realized we're not going to win with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Instead of keeping one, let's trade both. They did that last offseason. You know, walked away with Laurie Markinen. A way too many amount of picks for a guy in Rudy Gobert. But, you know, now they are where they are. Picking number nine overall. Uh, They got three total first-round draft picks. They need a hit on two for three. And when I mean that... They need to get like two like solid like starter like borderline starter players that they can add to their team. And if not, they go one for three. It has to be a perennial all star kind of guy. They get at nine. You know, realistically, that's where they get the best guy. Um, that's what I think. There's tons of talent at number nine. They're gonna have a luxury if the draft goes in their favor. If they can get a guy like Taylor Hendricks, you know, to play some three four hybrid, and then go and get a Jalen Hood Shafino or a case in Wallace or a Nick Smith at 16. That's the goal, you know, for Danny Ainge and this Utah staff. But we, we don't also because also, but sorry to t- step on your toes there, but they, because of their assets, they're also a trade up contender. If they really like someone in this draft, they can kind of go for it because I, I think kind of the, the last couple of years of OKC, if they've taught us anything, just because of the amount of draft capital that they have, they can afford to take big swings and miss just because of how much draft capital they've accumulated. Um, but yeah, like Utah for sure. Big uh, mover and shaker this year. Yeah. They need a aces draft in my opinion, because they need that like guard perimeter scoring. I mean, they have two foundational pieces in the front uh, front court. So mm-hmm. they get that backcourt help. Uh, moving on, you know, a team that I'm very fond of, of course, the Golden State Warriors and another team that, you know, is in my backyard essentially at this point, you know, the Miami Heat. Uh, two teams that are going to be having, you know, middle of the first round draft picks uh, going in. Uh, you know, I, the Suns probably wish they had that pick at, what, 21, 22, wherever it is, mm-hmm. but uh, different situation. Do you think the Warriors and Heat 
are should go for potential instant impact. Maybe one goes for the other. What are your thoughts with this question? Um, for me, I think my my mind leans for both for instant impact. Uh, I think when you have a title window, you need to strike um, no matter how far off these teams might be just because of next season, who knows what's going to happen. Um, but I think drafting a player in this position, because this draft is fairly, is fairly decent. You could draft someone who could be a Christian Braun S player uh, like the Nuggets had this year, who, who can contribute in their first year, come off the bench, be a contributor. Um, I think that's important for a playoff team in this position. You know, the Warriors, I think, probably are a little gun shy, to be honest, of going for the just all out potential players uh-huh. just because of how, you know, Kuminga, Wiseman, uh, for a lesser extent, Moody has mm-hmm. has gone for them. Uh, so I think there for sure should be an instant impact. I think the heat and the, you know, the heat culture and stuff, they can afford to take a risk on an inst or on a potential player, uh, but just because of where they're at right now, I think, you know, a, a, another solid role player who could contribute right away wouldn't hurt them. Yeah. I mean, for the Warriors, I'm on the same boat. It's gotta be an instant impact, you know? Um, it's interesting situation. Now we lose our general manager, you know, a guy that, we trusted and, you know, and unfortunately things did not go his way in these last couple of drafts, you know, um, you know, he was able to, you know, have a foundation of stepping clay when he joined and then brought in the other pieces, but kind of ever since that it's been lackluster in golden state in terms of draft production, uh, you, whoever, you know, whoever's in charge for this draft, you know, they're not going to have a GM, you know, in 10 days, that's going to be new. Uh, they'll be going with their current group of scouts and, you know, Steve Kerr, his decisions, uh, it's got to be an incident back up. I love Maxwell Lewis here, you know, assuming that Deontay DiVincenzo is not a guy that you can bring back given his performance, you know, now the whole taxpayer uh, minimum, all that stuff going out the window. Uh, I like a guy like Maxwell Lewis, Colby Jones from Xavier and Chris Murray, you know, brother of Keegan Murray has a similar game to his brother um, to a lesser extent. And the only guy that I would take a shot on that is, you know, a, um, not a, uh, you know, a, a older guy or, you know, someone that we know has like instant, like floor potential is a Jet Howard. I think Jet Howard could be great in this system, a six, eight, three point shooter. You know, you could put him in a lineup with, you know, Dre at the five, you know, Curry, you know, assuming Clay Wiggins still there. Like, I think that could be a great lineup if, you know, you see Jet Howard take those steps this year. But I think you could put a Maxwell Lewis in that lineup you know, a Colby Jones, a Chris Murray, they could do the same role. Um, and then with the Heat, I think they could, should, go, should go potential here. You know, outside of Jovic and, you know, Hero, who's probably kind of hit his ceiling at this point, there's not a lot of potential on this team. And I know we were, you were just talking about it, and I agree to the point that, you know, you don't want to mix, you know, eras. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, maybe a guy like – I like Jeff Howard here. That was one of the mock picks I had. Or even Bryce Sensabaugh, you know, to be that eventual Jimmy Butler replacement – you know, he's not going to play forever. You know, we've seen, an, unfortunately, a decline in his game these last, you know, from the first series of the playoffs all the way to the finals. You know, at the time of recording, I think it's 45 minutes till tip-off. We'll see if he can get beat those allegations because he's not been good. You know, uh, he's been declining ever since that Milwaukee series. Um, so that's – those are my takes for the Heat and the Warriors. And now a team that you would like to see trade up in this draft, Griffin – uh, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Uh, I got I got two picks myself, and uh, I want to know what you're thinking. 
Yeah, I kind of touched on it a little with the Jazz, um, but I also have another team kind of in a similar position uh, with Orlando. Um, it feels like they're two to three really good moves away from like not only being a playoff team, but possibly contending. Like if they could put a really nice package together, they could get a legitimate star in Orlando. Um, and I think they are, are a contender. Um, I was seeing some, I don't know if this was like legitimate or not, but like packaging six and 11 future picks and like vaults for either like two or three. Um, I was seeing that they could try to get like, a, like try to get up and get scoot if they really wanted to, or trade uh, that for an existing star already. Um, and kind of touched on Washington and uh, in Portland already. I want them to, to make a decision uh, about what their future is going to be. Um, what about you? Yeah, um, definitely uh, agree with that. Uh, I think Brandon Miller would be great on that Magic team. They need shooting. Uh, you know, then you figure out what you're going to do with the point guard position. Maybe you just – I know he might come back to Phoenix, but Chris Paul is going to be very sought out. No, Chris Paul – yeah, if Chris Paul isn't waived and, and not stretched, so he's he's waived and re-signed by the Suns because that's the only way he's coming back to Phoenix. He's not coming back for his contract, what it is right now. Um, if he leaves Orlando and San Antonio, teams like that would be perfect for Chris Paul. Yeah, no, there's going to be a lot, especially when you don't need to pay $40 million for them. Yeah, yeah. that's going to make a lot of sense. Uh, for my teams, I think Brooklyn should strike while the iron's hot. You have 21, 22. See if you can go up and even just get like the 15 or something like that. I think being able to get like a late lotto or, you know, uh, right after that lottery in that range, like they might be able to go get themselves a real point guard. They don't have a true yeah. that Ross, I mean, don't tell me Spencer Dinwiddie's a point guard. Like Ben Simmons, man, he needs to get off my university. He keeps working out at Miami. We don't want <laughs> Ben Simmons go somewhere else. Uh, but I think the Nets could strike with Iron Hot with those 21, 22 packs in together. Like that's going to be, you know, depending on how the draft board falls when you're around, you know, 13 to 15, like teams could say like, wow, those are two really valuable picks, especially if you're a team, you know, like the Pelicans where, Truly, I mean, all you really need is Zion to come back in full form, which that's a whole podcast <laughs> going on with him, bro. That draft class is insane. But um, like the Pelicans, you know, we don't need this top uh, 14 pick. Let's trade it. Let's get 21-22, get, you know, an instant impact guy, maybe another, you know, guy that can, you know, potentially challenge for a starting role down the line. Um, and then my other team is Atlanta. I think Atlanta should seriously shake things up. I know there's talks of the Jonte Murray getting moved. No. You do not invest that much in a guy and trade him after one year. He didn't even Atlanta play needs to make a move though, a major move. Yes, I think you move. You know, I would be wouldn't be mad if you traded John Collins and Clint Capella this offseason. You know, invest yeah. in AJ Griffin, invest in Jalen Johnson, and you know, trade their uh, their pick and you know, trade a starter. You know, maybe even a DeAndre Hunter, which I don't think he's got much all of a ceiling left in his game. And, you know, get to the top 10, you know, see if you can go get, you know, a Taylor Hendricks, the, you know, you know, compliment with an Onyeka Okongwu or something along the lines of that. They have to be aggressive this offseason. You know, they got Quinn Snyder now, you know, build a team around them and cater to Trey Young. You are not going to be able to move off of Trey Young after a while with that contract is where it's at. And you could say, oh, he's not this, he's not that. 
if you build a team around him, you can make a good run. And we saw yeah. that a couple of years ago. They made the Eastern Conference Finals. They took some games off the Bucks, who ended up winning the championship that year. Regardless of what you want to say, if it was fraud or not. T- yeah. A team completely catered to Trey Young, like peak Trey Young, with like solid guys around him is a contending championship contender. I believe that 100%. And yeah, they need to make a move because what they're doing right now is just not working. Because he can be a, an, a 1A and then you maybe you have your 1B or he's a 1 and you have like, uh, you know, a 2A and a 2B that are really strong. Yeah. At the end of the and day, I, yeah. I really agree with you on the DeJounte Murray. Like maybe if it's not working at the trade deadline, do something then, but not right now. Not right now. Way yeah, too you, early. You traded a lot to San Antonio for that. So yeah, uh, no one to backfire. Who do you think falls in this draft class that is, you know, like – could people are really like high on or like mock them decently high or what's in um, I, cause I'm pretty high on a lot of the lottery guys, but the guys that we've talked about that we have major issues on the Thompson twins are the guys who I think could fall. Um, I think a lot's been coming out. I don't know how much of this is smoke or anything, or just guys trying to get them to where they'd fall to their team a little bit so they could pick them. But the talk of overtime elites, them being 20, playing against 16, 17-year-olds, not really shooting super great. Like, I mean, shooting horribly, like if yeah. we're going to be honest. Uh, and not showing like that like that domination that you'd want to see when you're playing against five guys that are four years younger in a league that has basically no one else in it, um, I think is pretty concerning. Um, I, I don't see them falling past like, like floor 12. But I could see, you know, people uh, for the longest time have had them from like the four to six range. I could see them dropping to 10 or 12 or something like that just because of a lot of the question marks that they've been having. Um, Beyond that, though, I couldn't really think of anybody lottery wise that has like super big red flags unless there was like a Laramie Tunsil incident on draft night or something like that. Yeah, I think. A guy that could have been this answer is Keontae George, but I feel like mm-hmm. Jamal Murray. I feel like he, <laughs> yeah. And also, I feel like he's also fallen a lot over the months in the in the mocks and in the in the big boards. Like he started out like the, yeah. the season at maybe like seven or eight, and now at the mock I'm looking at, it, he's 14 now. So yeah, I'd say everything like almost south of nine is like. I don't think we could guess what would happen. Oh, no. yeah. Like, yeah. that's going to be fun to watch when the draft uh-huh. is there. Um, yeah, I had the Thompson Twins. I would almost go as far as guaranteeing one of them falls outside the top eight. And I know that's yeah. not like, crazy to say. One of them will. And it might be a men, even though he Yeah, might- I could see a men falling because a lot of people have liked – uh, the progress that Asar has been making with his jump shot, it seems like. So I don't know. And people were saying that like the Blazers might take a men, which is like, that's crazy. That's crazy. There's no fucking way. There's no, this is a Griffin guarantee right now. That is not <laughs> happening. That is not happening. Nah, they would no just be so they could say I'll they have shoe. Shaden Sharp and a men Thompson, like the most athletic. Do that? That's literally all they would have it for. Um, yeah, no. Uh, and then do you have a player in mind you believe will not pan out that you do not think is as good as advertised? Again, I hate to, I hate to pile on to these guys, bro, but like it's the Thompson twins. Um, I think probably just one of them won't pan out. I, you know, I'm, I like to believe in people 
And I like to think, you know, fit will play a big role in these guys' development. Um, so I think it really is going to depend where they fall. Um, but just right now, they're question marks. Um, I feel like we've kind of seen shades of this in the past with guys like Emmanuel Moutier or Frank Nilakina or Killian Hayes, where they're big athletic guards, but they can't shoot at all. And it's been really their development and they're just like consistency in the NBA uh, has been just contingent on their ability to shoot. And none of these guys really develop the shot. Um, and I think if the Thompson twins can't really develop a shot, I don't know how successful they're going to be in a half court offense. Um, like they, they could, they can jump out of the gym with the best of them, but how are they going to fit into a modern NBA system where everybody's jacking threes? Like yeah. I just, I, that's my biggest question mark. Um, and I, I honestly think if I was a betting man, I think one of them, one of them probably won't succeed. Yeah, I don't know the exact like general consensus on Grady Dick, but I don't know if he's gonna be as great like as no, I yeah, I think if you're picking in the lottery, I don't see him being like a star in the league, like maybe a a high end role player. I don't know what like. What, I don't. I, I agree with you. Like, I don't know what people's general consensus is regarding his his potential, his upside. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He's not like a like a shot creator. Like, like he could realistically be a Duncan Robinson, Max Struess. Like, like I, yeah. I put down my notes. Like, he is going to be a good shooter unless he it gets to his head. But like, he doesn't do anything like like you know av like above average else NBA wise that he projects as like. Uh -huh. I've had very interesting opinions on him throughout looking at him. And I don't like, he's not a real crazy athlete. Like his defense is not really there. Like it's not super great. Like I, I agree with you. I think if it, if his shot doesn't translate, like I don't, I, I agree with you. Yeah. And he's, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, his wingspan, you know, it's six, eight and he's six, seven. I was watching. Oh. Yeah. I was watching tape today of uh, Anthony black guarding him in the tournament today. Like, Anthony Black was kind of clamping him up like a guy with that length and wingspan guarding him. Like, I don't know. And that's going to be a lot of guys in the NBA who have that frame, who's guarding him. I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. And while, I mean, while you're talking about that, I haven't pulled up. I mean, obviously Howard's a lot different, but he played, they played Howard in the first round. He played, he put 19 and 11 up, shooting seven for 13. He follows it up against Kansas, seven points, seven rebounds three for nine from the field, like, that's... Yeah. I mean, of course, he's facing a premier defensive prospect, but still, like, he's mm -hmm. limited in his game. It's... Yeah. I um, wonder if that's just because he was the primary threat and they threw everything they had at him, or... or he's not the best player on his team. Jalen Wilson yeah. was. So, I mean, it's interesting to see. I think if you draft him from the pure aspect that, like, He's a Duncan Robinson, Max Strews guy for you, then he's worth it. Otherwise, yeah, I, I agree. Like, if he's drafted to like a more of a contending team, I, I could see it panning out more. But yeah, I don't, if that's your big draft selection of the night, like, I don't really, yeah, I don't really see that. Like, if the Mavericks shit their season to take Grady Dick at number 10, I'd be appalled. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. Uh, any other tidbits before we close it out here? Nothing really. I'm just really excited for this draft. I, I looked at my work schedule and I got, I had that day off. So we'll it's going to be exciting. It's we'll going to be exciting. Here.
But hey, we'll we'll maybe we drop our big board this weekend. We'll see. Father's Day weekend. We might just drop it on the Instagram, the Twitter. We'll let you guys see that because that's some big stuff you got to watch out for. Uh, maybe our personal ones. We'll see. But we don't know if we'll be back. We might be back to you early next week, right before our last mock draft, you know, after all the information we've gathered. Uh, but you'll definitely see us on draft night one way or another. Uh, we'll be on definitely. here. We might be doing all two rounds, you know. It depends on how we oh. <laughs> oh, Leo. We will see. We will see. But yeah. as always, Coast Coast Podcast, signing out. Peace.